There is a general belief that all men remember their first woman. That is certainly not true of me. Though I do remember the circumstances, I cannot remember exactly how old I was. I think twelve, but I could be wrong. It happened on the northern bank of the River Humber, where Ragnar the Elder, who had adopted me as a son, was summoned to a great gathering of the Danish lords who had conquered Northumberland. I still remember the ships hauled onto a shingle beach, the tents, the great fires and the games that accompanied the gathering. There were tugs of war, simulated sword fights, some of which became all too real, horse races and drinking competitions. When the contests were over, the men gathered around a great fire to discuss matters of state, and we children, too young to be allowed into these dull discussions, were told to tend the campfires, guard the horses, and stay out of the way. Inevitably, we played our own games, one of which was a vast hide-and-seek. One night I hid in a ship, beneath the steering platform at the stern, which proved a good place because it was raining, and I had found good shelter and even some rough blankets in which I lay and listened to the voices searching nearby. Two or three other boys found me, and, liking my refuge, stayed hidden, and gradually more arrived, both boys and girls, and I was pushed into the angle of the ship's stern where I sat, legs outstretched and my back leaning against the curved stern post. I was comfortable, warm and dry, and gradually realised that the small compartment was getting exceedingly crowded, and that my fellow refugees were not in the least concerned about staying silent. It was pitch dark in there. The rain clouds obscured whatever moon there might have been, and the beach was screened from the campfires by a stand of trees. I was happy enough, joining in the laughter when it came my way. No one bullied me or scorned my Saxon birth. Indeed, no one seemed aware of my presence. And then the noise changed and a sense of excitement filled the crowded space. There was less laughter and more giggling, gasping and moaning. I wished I could see, but the darkness was absolute and I did not like to ask what caused the new noises, so I stayed silent in my corner. Where I was suddenly seized. For a moment I thought someone was trying to wrestle me. But then a girl's voice said, close to my ear, Who are you? Utrid, I said. She was lying on top of me, having pulled herself up my body. And you're dressed, she said, sounding surprised, even shocked. I am, I responded feebly, then almost gasped myself because, in an attempt to ease her off my awkwardly positioned body, I felt hers and discovered she was decidedly not dressed. Poor Utrid, she said, and proceeded to tug at my clothes. I did eventually ask her name, and I think she answered me, but I have long forgotten what it was. And by that time we were deep among a squirming mass of naked bodies, and I cannot even be sure that the girl whose name I asked was even the same one who had first climbed onto me in the ship's stern. I think she was, and I have fond memories of her. So, yes, I do remember her, but have not the faintest idea who she was. But what I do remember, in sharp detail, is my first victory.
Strangely, now that I am old, I remember the women and never think about the victories. The memories of the women bring me comfort, while the victories are sour with the stink of blood, the death of friends and the recollection of terror. Even my first victory had an element of terror, and that aspect was to grow bigger and come closer in the long wars that followed. And that first victory all began with eels. My father believed that eels were born when a horse shed hairs from its tail into a stream, and he loved eating eels so much that he would sometimes cut hairs from his stallion and throw them into the Elwick, a stream that flowed north of Bebenburg. He ate smoked eels, or else seethed in ale, all served on a great steaming platter. <laughs>